Welcome to Petrifaction. I'm your host, Petey. And if you like stories about ghosts, monsters, vampires, the weird and mysterious, UFOs, Bigfoot, and other cryptids, you're in the right place. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Remember, friends, be prepared to be petrified. friends and welcome to another episode of Petrifaction Horror Stories. I'm Petey, I'm your host, and on today's show we're going to tell some true stories of monsters and cryptids. So sit back in your seat, hold on folks because it's about to get real. The number and variety of strange creatures that people report seeing is just astonishing. It's possible that they're misidentifying known creatures, of course. But what if only some of the sightings are actually accurate? Here are some reports of cryptids, monsters, and other strange creatures. This is the cornfield creature. The author writes, I used to work at a cheese factory on the edge of a cornfield in southwestern Minnesota. There were a series of days in the summer of 2004 or 5 where it was so hot that the milk being delivered to us in trucks would evaporate before we got it. It made the work easy. Though any actual labor was not being done, management wouldn't let us not come to work. So we would show up and mess around all shift. I was working nights at the time. It was two or three o'clock in the morning and I was out on the loading dock watching bats fly around the floodlights because I liked being out in the cool night air. The corn was about as high as my shoulder. As I was watching the bats, I looked down at the edge of the cornfield. I could see something moving there. It was the size of a small child and very, very skinny. Pale was something that looked like a head of straight black hair. 
It moved in a sort of jerky gait, like someone dancing the robot badly. It seemed to move in chunks, legs, then hips, then torso shoulders, neck, and finally head. It was looking back into the cornfield, or at least I felt like it was. I felt prickly all over. I didn't know what it was. I thought it was a heron or something at first, but it looked too much like a person. It didn't move like a person, though. Gradually, step by step, it moved towards me. Letting my curiosity get the better of my fear, I moved toward the edge of the dock, which was raised a few feet off the ground. When I got within a few feet of the edge, the thing looked right at me. I was paralyzed. I could have run, but I was stuck, somewhere between terrified and intrigued. It moved its face, pointed at me. It ratcheted its body in that disconcerting, jerky movement toward the cornfield and went into it. I tried to watch where the field moved as it passed, but the corn remained perfectly still. I noticed that all the crickets were silent. After a few minutes, nothing happened. I stood out there for an hour, but it never came back, and I never saw it again. That was submitted by Frank Semko. This comes from a news story where witnesses claim to see a football-sized UFO over West Virginia. Ten witnesses have been left rubbing their eyes after seeing at least three UFOs cruising the skies of West Virginia, ultimately followed by a fourth, smaller UFO. The West Virginia UFO sighting occurred October 12th, around 10 p.m. West Virginia time, reports the International Business Times. The West Virginia UFO sighting has been registered with the Mutual UFO Network, MUFON, as case number 60631 and follows on the heels of other UFO sightings. The men said all three of the UFOs were moving silently over their West Virginia coal mining operation and stunningly were all about the size of a football field. One of the working men that witnessed the UFOs spoke with open minds explaining the situation and what he saw unfold before him. The plant was down and there was no noises anywhere. Me and the nine other guys had just finished doing pipe repair and were standing outside leaning against the trucks. One of the guys pointed up and said, What is that? The surprised group of West Virginia coal miners all responded with a collective look up into the sky, where they were stunned to see the first triangular object outlined in white lights the size of a football field coming up the hollow from the southwest. The southwest of West Virginia, from where the men witnessed the UFOs flying, is the town of Beckley. It might have been three to five hundred feet above us, said the West Virginia UFO witness. It was moving very slow and made no noise. We watched for about three or four minutes as it disappeared over the trees. Then, two more football-sized UFOs came over the horizon. A few minutes later, another one showed up behind it, the same shape and size and no noise. And another one showed up after that, same as before. As if three UFOs weren't enough, the West Virginians then spotted a fourth, smaller UFO. A small object with lots of red flashing lights appeared at the end of the line formation. They were all headed 
northwest towards Charleston, West Virginia. That there were no sounds at all from the UFOs was particularly bewildering to the men. One of the men states, what was strange about the objects was that there were no noises whatsoever. To be so close as they were, and their sizes... The Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum of Lewis County, West Virginia, previously known as Weston State Hospital, is a former psychiatric hospital located in Lewis County. It's allegedly haunted by former patients. Construction of the hospital was authorized by the Virginia General Assembly and began in late 1858. The building construction was halted by the Civil War in 1861. The building is the largest hand-cut stone masonry in the nation. The asylum opened in 1864 and was operated by the West Virginia government. It was originally designed to hold 250 patients, but at its peak, it held more than 2,400 patients in overcrowded conditions. It is said to be one of the most haunted places in West Virginia. West Virginia is an isolated state surrounded by deep forest, mountains, and miles of uninhabited land. Known for its grittiness and sadly its poverty, West Virginia also has creepy stories. West Virginia has an odd assortment of cryptids, some possible alien sightings, and a lot of Civil War ghost stories. These creepy stories from West Virginia are exactly what you want to hear late at night as you drive its desolate highways. The Greenbrier Ghost How many ghosts do you know of that have helped solve a homicide case? Elva Zona Heaster's alleged ghost did just that, reportedly helping to solve the mystery of her own demise in 1897. Heaster married Aramis Stribling Sue in 1896. The next year she mysteriously passed away. Despite the local custom of Greenbrier County, West Virginia, of letting the ladies of the town clean and dress a woman's corpse, Sue handled all of it and behaved oddly at the funeral. Heaster's mother, suspicious and grieving, prayed to learn the name of the culprit. She began to have nightly visions of her daughter's ghost, explaining that she'd been slain by her own husband. Heaster's mother took the information to the local prosecutor, who then helped dig up the body. Through an autopsy, they found that Heaster had been attacked and strangled. Shu was later convicted of her murder. The Gray Flats Ghost while walking along the Gray Flats Trail near Beckley, West Virginia, a group of friends encountered what can only be referred to as a shadow person. The figure appeared to be completely black and wearing a long coat and wide-brimmed hat. When the group encountered it, it rose up 
out of their view in an inhuman way. One of the friends suddenly became sick to her stomach and the group fled in horror. Other local explorers say there used to be a farmhouse on that part of the trail, which might have something to do with the apparition. The Bower House of Winfield Paranormal investigators who are local to Winfield, West Virginia, have many stories about the Bower House, built by Captain John Bower around the year 1841. After Bower passed away, the house sat empty for multiple generations. According to local lore, everyone who has been inside reports a general feeling of unease, and some people have been reported seeing a headless horseman from the Civil War era roaming the premises. The house was featured on the TV show Haunted Collector, where the current owner said he might turn it into a B&B. So that's yet another good place, folks, to go to for maybe some ghost experiences if you're brave enough. I myself will pass. I don't want to bring any of that kind of stuff home with me. Telling the story is one thing. Actually being there, not so much. I'm good. This next tale is about the Flatwoods Monster. The Flatwoods Monster is an entity that haunts an area in Braxton County, West Virginia. Those who come in contact with it report supernatural encounters. It's known to roam the Flatwoods with its long, stringy arms, and, and it makes everyone it comes in contact with sick as a dog. It, was, it first appeared in 1952 to a group of young boys out playing near their elementary school. They witnessed what looked like a bright, light falling from the sky and quickly told their mother who enlisted a young member of the National Guard to accompany her and the boys to the site. The group then came into contact with the monster. It was taller than a man and had a spade-shaped head. It wore a metallic dress and had glowing eyes. Some of the group felt sick to their stomachs, experienced throat and nose swelling, and vomited for several days after seeing this creature. Some people believe that the monster is an extraterrestrial and others blame exposure to toxic chemicals like mustard gas for the illness. Also known as the Braxton County Monster, the Flatwoods Monster is an entity that was sighted on September 12, 1952 in the forests of West Virginia. In September of 1952, the night was drawing on. It was around 7.15 in the evening, and two brothers named Freddie and Edward May and two of their friends, Tommy Heyer and Neil Nunley, were playing on the lawn of the Flatwoods Elementary School. All of a sudden, they could see a bright light in the sky. It appeared to them as if something crashed nearby on the land of G. Bailey Fisher, a local farmer. They ran to May's nearby home and told what they'd seen to Kathleen May, their mother. Kathleen May informed Eugene Lemon, a National Guardsman, about the incident. They, along with Richie, the family dog, went to the crash site to find out exactly what it was. When they reached the crash site, they noticed a strange metallic smell in the air. 
Moreover, they also heard a number of high-pitched noises that came from the darkness in front of them. Not scared at this point, they pressed on, intrigued by what had happened here. Then the group came across a horrific sight. Out of the darkness they saw a ten-foot-tall creature, described as wearing a metal dress with a spade-shaped head, and the hands of the creature were clawed and twisted. The eyes of the creature glowed orange, and it seemed to them as if the creature was floating just above the ground. Seeing the creature glide and hiss, all of them fled from the area. The incident was reported by Lemon and May to the local authorities. The authorities searched the area throughout the night, but were not able to find anything matching the, the description given to them by the terrified witnesses. Aside from their obvious distress at what they'd seen, the group also suffered physical side effects. In the following days, they experienced vomiting, nausea, throat irritation, and the symptoms lasted a number of days. There were also other sightings of this Flatwood monster. A Mrs. Audra Harper, a resident of Flatwoods, reported seeing a similar creature not long before the Fisher Farm incident. According to Harper, while she was walking through the woods near the town of Heaters, Harper, along with her friends, was going to a nearby store, and instead of taking the long route, they chose to take a shortcut through the woods. After they'd covered about a half a mile, they saw what they thought was a fireball on a hill. At first, Harper dismissed the sight. However, when she took a glance back, she could no longer see the fire. Instead, she saw a tall, man-shaped figure. Out of terror, Harper and her friends fled from the sight. After the incident of September 12th, another mysterious sighting was recorded in the Flatwoods area. According to that story, Edith and George Snitowski, along with their 18-month-old son, were passing through the rural between Braxton and Clay County. All of a sudden, their car stopped. Mr. Snitowski tried to start the car, but all his efforts were in vain. As it was night, the road was completely deserted. While they were trying to figure out what to do, they became aware of a foul smell, and their baby suddenly started crying. Then, inexplicably, the darkness was filled with a bright, strange light. Ahead of them on the road, the couple saw a ten-foot-tall creature in front of the car. The description provided by the couple was very similar to the monster seen on September 12th. However, this monster did not appear to have a spade-shaped head. Instead, the head of the monster was bony and reptilian. The Mothman is a cryptid that was spotted in West Virginia in the 1960s. It's allegedly appeared in other locations as well. The Mothman has allegedly appeared in other locations from ancient times to the present day. Mothman is said to be a, a harbinger of misfortune or doom, wherever that it appears. Its first appearance in West Virginia dates to 1966 in Clendenin, West Virginia, when a man digging a grave saw a bird-like creature. That same year, it appeared to two young couples outside a former TNT plant, where it was described by one of the men as being 
shaped like a man but bigger, maybe seven feet tall, with big wings folded back against its back. The Mothman was allegedly later seen that evening by a building contractor who described the creature as having eyes like bicycle reflectors. Between 1966 and 1967, many people had Mothman sightings. In 1967, the silver bridge that connected Point Pleasant, West Virginia and Galapagos, Ohio, collapsed during rush hour traffic, killing 46 people. Author John Keel wrote in his book, The Mothman Prophecies, which was later made into a movie of the same name, that the collapse of the bridge seems to have been caused by, or at least foretold by, the Mothman. Mothman legends have also been tied to stories of run-ins with the men in black, who are believed to be government spooks. The TNT area isn't just the stomping ground of a black man-sized terror, often known as Mothman. There's also another creature that has been spotted in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. This beast is a bipedal creature covered in white wool with a pointed head. It has a fang-filled mouth and it has horns of a goat. It is known as Sheep Squatch. In an interview with Modern Farmer magazine, Kurt McCoy, author of White Things, West Virginia's Weird White Monsters, said the TNT area itself is just full of amazing weirdness. The weirdness began in the 1990s when a hunter saw a white, man-like, goat-headed beast break from a line of bush and stop to drink at a creek. Not noticing the man, it casually rose and continued through the forest. That sighting was quickly followed by a family returning from a reunion, seeing a tall goat-like creature step from the woods. The witnesses described it as being seven to eight foot tall, covered in a shaggy white hair with legs like a man. And they described the face as looking a bit long like a sheep and having horns like a ram. That same decade, the monster was seen by children who claimed a white horned bear on two feet watched them play in their backyard, and a motorist saw it sitting in a ditch. And campers claim the sheep squatch threatened them at their campsite in the evening, but wouldn't, luckily for them, approach the fire. In the late 1700s, there was a bloody altercation between a white settler named Mitchell Clay and the local tribe of Shawnee Indians. This resulted in the tragic death of three of the clay children and a number of Shawnee warriors. Some say that these deaths have left a curse on the land. This may well be the case, because in the 1920s, a local businessman bought the land and built the Lake Shawnee Amusement Park. Over the next couple of years, Several people died in accidents at the park, and it ended up closing in 1966. The abandoned remains of the park are now considered to be one of the most haunted locations in West Virginia. There are regular paranormal groups that tour the property, and many people have reported seeing apparitions of a man and a little girl dressed in... This is a story called... A forest cryptid. 
The writer goes on to say, My strange story took place on the 26th of September, 2009. My church was on a retreat in Indiana in a forest. The place we stayed at was a small building in the center of the forest. We decided that evening to go out and play in the forest with the children, so we came up with a game to play. It was like police. The kids were the police, and we would pick an adult to be the hostage. So when we began the game, we had to find the adult hiding in the forest in the middle of the night. So we start going around the back of the building, and we spotted a tall figure. It had to be at least six feet tall. It was running toward the trees where there was a small open area with tall grass that goes up to your knees. It ran with its arms at its sides, but it stopped at the edge of the tall grass as if to wait for us to get closer. We chased after it, thinking it was an adult. When we were finally a few yards away, it dove into the grass and started to crawl very fast, almost snake-like. We got weirded out, but stood there staring at it. When it got across the tall grass, it began to climb a tree. It looked somewhat like a deformed cat-like animal when it was climbing. Then a few moments later, a kid yelled, I see him, and was pointing in an opposite direction. We saw a similar figure running a couple of yards away, so we chased it, but then it vanished behind a tree. Turns out, a few minutes later, we found the adult hiding in the parking lot in the front of the building the whole time. So who knows what we saw that night in the forest. At least 15 kids saw that thing, not just me, so I know I'm not crazy. Submitted by Joanna H. This story comes from Scarlet. It is about the Mothman. You'll never believe what I saw one very cold, dry November night. My family and I moved into a new house upon a hill on a little back road in a very small town in Fort Gay, West Virginia. Fort Gay sits right on the east side of Kentucky. The population of my town then was probably just a couple thousand. My family and I were unpacking. We had not yet put the furniture in its right places, and everything was still in boxes. Overwhelmed with working all day, I retired around 11 p.m. I put my little brother on the couch, and I took his bed, since my bed wasn't put together yet. His room faces the front of the house. His window is around 20 to 25 feet or so off the ground. I was looking out the window when I saw it. It stood about seven feet tall. I had no idea what it was, but I was frozen. I'd never been that scared in my entire life. All I could do was lay there and just stare at this thing. It was sitting in a tree about 50 feet or so off the ground, about 50 feet from the house across the yard. It felt like an eternity. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't blink. I had big, red, bright, glowing eyes looking dead into my face. I finally worked up enough courage to close my eyes and put my head under the covers when all of a sudden this thing smacked the window. I ran through the house screaming, There's something outside! I was crying. My mom and dad looked at me and said, What's wrong with you? It looks like you've just seen a ghost. My face was snow white. I said, I don't know what it was, but please, Daddy, don't go outside. 
I begged and I begged. He did, but he came back in and said that there was nothing out there. I kept screaming, saying, yes, there is, there is, there is, yes, there is. When I explained to them what I saw and how I felt, they said I was crazy, but to this day, I will not go outside by myself. And even in the daylight, someone still has to watch me to my car. I've heard of some pretty crazy things going on up on that road, but I never expected to experience anything myself. My husband and I went to the theater and watched Mothman Prophecies. I was reliving that night all over again. The way they described feeling and what they saw was remarkable. My husband looked over at me and said, Isn't that what you described to me when we first started dating? And I couldn't say a word. After that moment, I knew what I saw. I believe in all my heart of hearts that I saw the Mothman. It's just a little weird. I live only about 80 miles south of Point Pleasant, where all that took place 37 years ago. It was actually 32 years to the month when I saw it. That's all for today's podcast. I thank you for tuning in and I hope you liked the show. If you did, please tell a friend, give us a rating, and hit subscribe. If you have a story you would like to share on Petrifaction, you can contact me at Petey at Petrifaction at ProtonMail.com. And remember to check out today's show notes for more information on today's stories. Please return next time to hear more stories and friends be prepared to be petrified. <laughs>